0: Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Would you stand today? Let's worship Him. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could care? Give the
1: Lord praise today. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Brothers and sisters, are you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Can we show the Lord how glad we are? Let's give the Lord some praise in this house today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When I think of all the good things that God has done for me, how He took me out of the pit that I was once in, that deep, deep darkness of sin of being in the world. And people talk sometimes to me, why do you always seem to have tears in your eyes? When I think of the goodness of God to me and where he has brought me, I'm not where I need to be yet, where I want to be. But I thank God I'm not where I used to be, amen? How about you? Let's give God some more glory. The Lord loves our praise. Thank you, Jesus. Can you just say that with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's so good to us, brothers and sisters. And I had a Bible verse picked out that I wanted to read to you. But an elder friend just gave me one here that she felt was just perfect with this song that we just heard. So I'm going to acquiesce to her from a smart man, my pastor, (laughs) from Titus chapter 3. Verse 3, very easy for you to remember. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by men and hating one another. I'm talking to somebody besides myself. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of deeds done by us in our righteousness, but in virtue of his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal in the Holy Ghost, which he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs. I love this part. And become heirs in the hope of eternal life and to make sure that we got it with no uh, misunderstanding he says the saying you hear is sure we thank you dear God your word is sure the words of God the Bible says are pure words like silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times it doesn't get more holy more pure than God's word let us take that in our heart right now and go before our wonderful God and tell them how much we love him and how much we need him. Amen. Only before the throne of grace we come. I love to hear the babies cry to the Lord. That's how the Lord wants us to be. Well, dear Heavenly Father, like little babies crying out to you, dear God, that's us. We realize our neediness, dear God. We realize, oh God, that without you, we can do nothing. Your word tells us that. We need thee, Heavenly Father. As the psalm says, every hour, we need you. Without you, dear God, we are nothing. Life without Jesus Christ we have found is meaningless. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Jesus Christ who gives us the victory. We love you, Lord, from the depths of our heart cannot imagine living our life without you. can never go back to where we used to be in the world. Better to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord, as Big John was just doing Kevin Sturgis, Linda Haran to see them at that door than to be in the courts of iniquity. We are so blessed to be here today, dear God. David spoke of it. He said, the one thing I seek, the one thing I desire is to be in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire into his temple. He said, for in the day of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. Hallelujah. My Lord will set us upon a rock. The, the rock is Jesus, the rock of our salvation. We thank you, dear God. That we can stand on our Jesus. Lord, bless each and every person that is here today, those who are watching over the internet, on TV. Distance means nothing to you, dear God. If you thought enough, Lord, to tune in and try to seek your word and to seek your presence, you will bless us. You have told us that you are pleased when brethren come together in unity. And there you will command a blessing upon us. We thank you for that promise. Oh, that you would bless us indeed, dear God, that you would enlarge our territory. Help us through the days that come, dear God, as you've helped us in the days past. Keep us safe, O oh Lord, from danger seen and unseen alike. Father, we ask a special prayer for the people over there in the Ukraine. Cover them with your feathers, dear God, as you said in your word, so that under your wings they can trust. They need you, Lord. We need you, but they need you so much more. Their lives are in jeopardy. They're being killed. They're being led like sheep to the slaughter. Help them, Lord. Bless them. Father God, we just ask that you keep your wonderful hand of love and providence on all of us. And continue to bring us through safe and sound. To the day's that we're about to encounter in the future. We don't know what's coming in the future, but, Lord, you do, and that's enough for us. We love you. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. God bless you.
2: Hey, everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. We have several exciting events coming Easter weekend. One of those is our Easter extravaganza on Saturday, April 16th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. There will be a number of different activities that your children can participate in, including hunting for Easter eggs. We need staff for setup, registration, craft and food tables, and cleanup. If you would like to be a part of our team for this event, send an email to lpoindexter at ctcde.church and we will get you connected. On Friday, April 15th, we will have our crosswalk followed by a first of its kind event at CTC. At 7 p.m., our worship team will join with the team from Everspring Church in St. George's, pastored by John and Kim Coleman, to present a night of worship at the Bear Campus. It will be an opportunity to spend time in the presence of God, worshiping with music, testimonies, and stories of hope and encouragement. This is a great opportunity for you to invite someone to come with you and experience this time of worship. Our Ellesmere campus will host their Good Friday service at 7 p.m. as well. On Easter Sunday, April 17, at both Bear and Ellesmere, there will be sunlight services at 6.30 a.m., Then our Bear Campus morning worship service is at 9 and 11 with our online campus broadcast at 9. Morning worship at the Ellsmore Campus will be at 11. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week.
3: Good morning. We are so glad you're here this morning. We have the opportunity to worship God in his tabernacle. I just feel like running around. That's the kind of joy that I'm feeling this morning. I know, right? <laughs> you know, if we we like to welcome you, first of all. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. So toward that end, on your table, you have a connect card. And it looks like this. It says, welcome on the front, but connect on the back. And the connect part is the important part. We ask that you list yourself and everyone that's with you on the Connect card. But more importantly, the Connect card gives you the opportunity to log a praise report or a prayer request. If you're online, there is a Connect tab, so we ask that our congregation online please click the Connect tab and just follow it. It's very simple and easy to fill out. If this is your first time here After the service, we ask that as you leave the celebration room and turn to your left, that you stop by the Welcome Center. In the Welcome Center, we'll have a small gift for you. And um, if you're not new here, which is most people, you can stop by the Welcome Center to pick up some brochures or resources. There are other things for all of us at the Welcome Center because we're in God's house, so we're welcome. If you're online... And this is your first time here. Please click the new here button and fill out the information as requested. How how many of you tell me if this resonates? You and not by a show of hands, or, or of course. But how many of you understand that God gives us gifts, talents, time, treasure? And how many of you accept and understand that God gives us these things so that we can bless others with these things, to be his hands and feet on this earth? So as we enter our period of giving, just remember that whatever God asks you to do, we should do. Not a certain set amount, whatever he sets in your heart, how you should spend your time how you should share your talents, how you should share your resources. It's obedience. It's stewardship. So on your table, we have an offering envelope. The offering envelope gives you another opportunity to list your praise reports or prayer requests. It's really important to do that. I'm saying it over and over. Because throughout the week, we meet to pray for you, confidentially, of course, but to lift your concerns before the Lord. And the church, Christ the Cornerstone, both of our campuses, we have principles of giving. And this week, we are on principle four. And I'm going to ask that you read the principle with me. We give to God all that he asks of us and not just a portion of it. And the scripture that supports this, principle reads, and I'm going to ask again that you say it with me. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grains and your vats will overflow with good wine. Proverbs 3.9. That's a good chapter, a good book of the Bible to read if you're just starting to try to read the Bible and hold. It gives you a lot of practical spiritual advice. Please stand with me so we can pray over the offering. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. As I was coming in church, Anna said, gosh, look at the daffodils. And they are, they're just growing so beautifully and they're so vibrant in color and bright. Just like the hope that we have in you, Lord for a vibrant life, a full life. Because when you called us out of the grave, Lord, you called us out of darkness into your light. And for that, we say thank you. We also thank you now, Father, for the opportunity to give back to you just a portion of what you have given us. And we pray that it's used for the upkeep and the building of your kingdom. So, Father God, thank you for the gift. Thank you for the giver. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please remain standing as we continue in worship.
4: Amen. We want you to learn a new song with us this morning that talks a little bit more about that concept. Pastor Vaughn talked a minute ago about the fact that we are not where we used to be. We're not who we are eventually going to become. But in light of God's salvation and His grace and His mercy, this song invites us to take a look at where we are right now with him.
0: Oh, look where I'm standing now. Look where I'm Savior, rescue me. Hallelujah, I'm free. Hallelujah, I'm free. Jesus, my Savior, rescue me. Hallelujah, I'm free. Hallelujah, I'm free. Hallelujah, I'm free. Come on, church, sing it. Jesus, my Savior,
4: celebrate the freedom that we have in the Lord Jesus today. Hallelujah, we are free. Because of you and because of your grace and your mercy and your free gift to us. We are free today, God. And we thank you for that. Lord, we celebrate today. Lord as we take stock of where we are in light of where we used to be, but Lord, we are becoming someone way far beyond where we are at this point. And Lord, in the good times and in the tough times, the hard times, the fire, the water, the flood, you are always with us.
0: We thank you for that. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. Another way when the walls look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning. I know I will never be alone. There was another in the fire. Standing next to me, there was another in the free, there is a cross that bears the birth. that's the
3: and you're going to spend eternity not with God, it's very simple. Say, Jesus, I need you. I accept you into my heart. I agree and admit that you conquered sin and death when you rose from the grave. Come into my heart. Save me, Jesus. Then you don't have to worry about the fires to come. You don't have to worry when life gets tough. You don't have to worry when you can't do it on your lo- alone because you'll never be doing it alone again there'll be another in the fire with you sister april my love she's come to take the babies to children's church so in the x ex- at the exit sign in the rear if your children are ready for children's church please send them with sister april So it's preaching time, right? And we're going to bow our heads to the Lord. Well, before we do that, let's give the babies a hand clap. Don't they look so beautiful? Praise the Lord for our children. Praise the Lord for raising them in the way that they should go so that they soon will not depart from it, have God's word buried deep within their hearts. Can we lift our eyes to the Lord? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this very, very special, sacred time in our worship experience today. It's, Father, when we get to open your word and hear from the man of God that you have sent to deliver it. Thank you, Father, for circumcising our hearts getting it ripe and ready for you to pour your word into. Not just so we can hear it, but so that when we leave this place, we can be changed by it. Open our ears, Father, please. Open our eyes to the windows of our understanding. Bless this man of God. He has studied, Father. He's willing. He wants to. And he acknowledges, and we agree, that only you can make him able. We listen now for your word, and please bless the man of God, Pastor Bill, who will deliver it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.
4: Yeah, good morning again. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks for being with us today. Pastor Roger, uh, as Carolyn was up here with us on the worship team, Pastor Roger's back in town, but he's been uh, not feeling well for the last several days. So uh, I'm here again uh, to preach uh, for week three of our series, Playlist, where we're taking a look at the theology that we learn and the songs that we sing here in this room and what they teach us about how we can live a lifestyle of worship outside this room. So we're asking you, what's on your playlist? So we took a non-scientific social media poll this week where we asked you to just tell us what some of your favorite worship songs are. And uh, it was really interesting and cool to see what the, the great variety of different types of songs and different uh, song titles that that some of you listed. And uh, it was it was just really interesting to find that information out. In week one of our series, we talked about the song, Great Things. It's a song that we have just recently started singing. The chorus says, O hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. O God, you have done great things. And so we take a few minutes or we take some time in our lives to count the things that God or try to count the things that God or at least be aware of the things that God is done, has done rather, or is doing in our lives and how we can share those things with other people as part of our act of worship. Last week, we made a declaration with the song, Yes, I Will. And we said in part of that song, for some of my days when I feel like it, yes, I will. No, that's not what it says. It says, for all my days. Yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy. For all my days, yes, I will. Today we're looking at the song that we just finished singing, and the title of the message today is Another in the Fire and how we can have confidence that no matter what we go through, no matter what we experience, no matter where we are in life, there is someone who is with us in every single circumstance in our lives because life is filled with unexpected challenges and struggles and hardships. Amen? Right? And we're not, generally speaking, we are not ready for those. I have not yet been able to say, God, uh, I have time for a hardship uh, the third week of April. Can you, can we work that out? That it doesn't happen that way. And I believe, and my observation of most of us over my lifetime is that all of us fit into one of three categories. We're either in the middle of a struggle now, we're just coming out of one, or we're about to go into one. And all of us pretty much fit into that cat. If you walk up to me after the service and you go, "Oh, my life has been great for a long time," I, I'm going to go like this. I don't want to be too close when it starts. And I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade. Maybe your life has been great. And that's awesome. But I believe that my experience in life is either coming out, in the middle, or about to go in uh, to a struggle. And so we're going to take a look at two specific parts of the song that we just finished singing. And that is the fire and the water. There's another in the fire standing next to me. There's another in the water holding back the seas, And two specific aspects of that song as it relates to theology that we can learn, that we can take into our lives and worship him through. The first of those is the purpose of fire is to refine us. The purpose of fire is to refine us. Last week we talked about the refining process of gold. and Pastor Vaughn alluded to a scripture uh, when he was up here praying a few minutes ago about uh, heated seven times. Now we talked about how Uh, gold melts at approximately 1947 degrees Fahrenheit and that's pretty hot and at the time the Bible was written uh, there weren't all the modern processes for refining gold that we have today there was just one and that was to heat it and depending on how uh, the grade of gold that you got out of the river or ground or wherever you got it from and how uh, pure you want the gold to be the gold refining process takes anywhere from one to five years So you're not going to go find some gold in the river after church and by tomorrow morning have a ring. It doesn't work that way. It takes between one and five years, so you have to have patience with that. And so God will send the heat, and he'll heat us up, and he'll scrape off the impurities, and then he'll let us cool down again. And then he'll heat us up again, and then he'll let us cool down again. And that that happens over and over again until the time comes when he's taken us the place where he wants us to be. So this another in the fire standing next to me comes specifically from a story in Daniel chapter 3. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar had built a gold statue, 90 feet tall. Can we wrap our brains around that for a second? 90 feet is almost a nine-story building. Nine-story building, nine feet wide, made out of gold. How long do you think it took to craft that? they had all kinds of gods that they worshipped. And so King Nebuchadnezzar made a decree. And the decree was, whenever you hear the instruments play, and we'll get to the list in just a minute. You'll see what the list is. Whenever you hear these instruments play, you have one option. That is to bow down and worship this statue and the gods that it represents. If you don't, we have this fiery furnace over here that we will show you. We will escort you in, and it will be a one-way ticket. This is what happens to you if you don't bow down and worship when the music is played. Now, there were three Hebrew boys. You know these names probably. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Everybody heard of those names? Anybody not heard of those names? These boys, I love this word. I heard this word from another preacher uh, three or four weeks ago, and I decided I'm going to steal this word whenever I can. These boys had pre-decided that they weren't going to worship the statue. When they hear the music... They had already made up their minds that they weren't going to bow down and worship. So the music was played, and guess what happened? They didn't bow down. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar had some teacher's pets among his, uh, uh, among his leaders. And uh, we pick up the story here in Daniel chapter 3, verse 8, beginning in verse 8, reading through verse 12. But some of the astrologers, and that's Aramaic for tattletales... I just made that up. You probably knew that. Went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. Now, you issued a decree requiring that all the people bow down and worship this gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and other musical instruments? This decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown in a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. They're feeling real. There's there's probably either a reward or some kind of promotion in line for these guys. I mean, why else would you be doing this? Except that you wanted to kiss up to the king because of some reward that you were going to get. So the king was angry. And in preparation for this, because he was so angry, he had made orders to have the furnace heated seven times hotter than it's normally heated. I don't know how hot that is. I don't know how hot it normally was heated, but seven times hotter than hot is hot. So he called the boys into his office and he said, boys, I'm going to give you one more chance. When you hear this list of musical instruments play, anytime you hear it, there's no set schedule. But anytime we decide that we're going to play them, you're going to bow down and worship this statue and the gods that we worship. Or else we're going to put you in a furnace that's seven times hotter than it's ever been heated. Okay, so we continue reading in Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. I love this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. Now you can probably see one of them patting him on the head. Oh, dear, dear Nebuchadnezzar. We do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace... The God who we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, Your Majesty. But even if He doesn't, we want to make this clear to you, Your Majesty, that we will never serve the gods, serve your gods, or worship the gold statue you have set up. Come at me, bro they just they threw down at that point because they use because they use the generalization term that we try to stay away from, right? We try to stay away from words like always and never because they get us in trouble. If we don't follow through on that. But these boys said, "We will never worship this statue." Ever. So, the music played again, and guess what happened? The boys didn't worship And so the king was mad. He went and got the boys, sent some soldiers to get them, and had the soldiers throw the boys into the fiery furnace. Now, the soldiers that threw them into the fiery furnace, this is how hot the furnace was. The soldiers that threw them in were burned to death. That's how hot it was. Now, the king waited a few minutes. Now, I don't know what would possess you to do this. The furnace is seven times hotter than it's ever been heated. Number one. Number two, the soldiers that threw them in just got killed. So what would possess you a few minutes later to look inside? Oh, wait a second. These boys said, if you throw us in there, the God that we serve is able to deliver us. So he just wanted to check and find out what was happening. Well, he looked inside and he turned to somebody and he said, uh... Didn't we throw three people in there? Uh, Because I see four and one looks like a God. So and I can't imagine how this next sequence went down. So he had them open the furnace and he called in. He said, boys, come out here. Why would I mean, this is probably the first time in history anybody's ever called into a fiery furnace. Come out here. So they came out and guess what? Their clothes weren't burned. Their hair wasn't... Have you ever smelled burnt hair? Oh, my gosh. Their hair wasn't singed. They didn't even smell like smoke. That's how much God had preserved them. And so the king had remembered what they said. And what they said was, the God that we serve is able to deliver us. So guess what the new decree was? From this moment on, you, this entire nation... You will worship the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, the punishment changed after that. And it went from being thrown into a fiery furnace to we will rip you limb from limb and reduce everything you own to rubble. That's pretty scary, too. Oh, by the way, the boys were promoted. Because God was with them and the presence of God In their lives Made all the difference The presence of God made all the difference Now when our kids were little We had the bedtime routine I know you If you have little kids You have one If you had little kids You had a bedtime routine Our bedtime routine Excuse me Routine with our kids Started with a story Right Because last week We talked about how much I love stories So how was your day and we talk about how the day was we sing songs sometimes and we pray and then that's it i'm out sometimes we read a book sometimes we you know tell a favorite story goldilocks and the three bears you know the whole nine yards so and things go things go along great uh, until one time our daughter bethany uh, she had gotten tired of all the songs she got tired of all the books she got tired of all the stories she decided she wanted me to tell her a talking story. I said, "What is a talking story?" She said, "Just make something up." Now the pressure is mounting. So I'm making stuff up and this goes along great for a few months. And then one day I repeat something that I've already and she's like, "Up, oh, time out. I've heard that one. Try again, old man." And I'm just I, I'm sweating, you know, cuz this is a high level of. She expects a high level of performance out of this story, and so um, I'm just laying there and I got nothing. I can't think of anything, and so I'm just laying there. And in the silence, I started to say, "Come and listen to my story about a man named Jed. Poor mountaineer, barely kept his family fed." and
0: she loved
4: it she ate it up so i after that night i went and made a list of all the tv show theme songs i could think of so we did gilligan's island we did the adams family we did all of them because she didn't watch these shows she didn't know so that's the bedtime routine a story or a song talk about our day pray done now as you know, in your house, it probably works this way sometimes. You walk out of the room. Two minutes later, here's the child. Uh, I need a, I'm need thirsty. I need some water. Okay, let's get you some water. Send you back to bed. 35 seconds later, uh, my blanket slid off the bed. Can you help me? Uh, come. Uh, fine. Okay, tucked in. Blanket's not going anywhere. We tie the blanket to the edge of the bed or something. <laughs> Bungee cords across it. A few minutes later, she comes out, Uh, there's a monster under my bed. Okay, go in, you scare the monster, and the monster's gone. Ten seconds later, uh, he moved to my closet. All this is designed to wear you down until you come back and lay down with her again. Now, you, you may or may not be able to see it from here, but I have this big S on my forehead right here that does not stand for Superman. So I go back in and lay down with her. And I say, now we're not going to sing. We're not going to talk. We're not going to do anything. I'm just going to be here with you. Now, here's what I want you to know. Nothing about her circumstances had changed. But everything had changed. Why? Because she was now connected to one of the people that she trusted most in this world. And so when we get in situations in our lives where we are afraid, where we're in a fiery situation, in a circumstance that has us perplexed, in a situation that we just can't handle, which involves most of the situations in our lives, when we press in and lean in to God, the only one that can deliver us, the only one that can save us, the only one that can say he doesn't mind you coming in and saying, uh, I need a drink of water. Uh, my blanket, there's a monster, there's no... Even- He doesn't mind any of that because he loves us and he wants us to have that presence. All we have to do is ask. All we have to do is invite him to be a part of that process and he will be there for us because he wants to be with us. Remember last week we talked about worship being a meeting between God, a gathering, just a a getting together of God and his people because he just wants to be with us. We need you, Lord. This situation this circumstance, hot in here. I can't see a way out of this, and I just need you. So the purpose of the fire is to refine us. The purpose of the water is to cleanse us. Now, I'm going to make a humbling confession to all of you, and that is that I can't swim. Okay, I can swim if I'm standing in the shallow end I can kick my feet and flail my arms and look like an idiot and somehow make it across the deep end to the wall or the ladder or something. But if I stop, I'm going to – because I can't tread water. And not only can I not tread water, I don't float either. Now, my wife, she can go and lay in a pool or in the ocean or wherever and just lay her head back and hands – and she's just floating. And I'm so jealous because I can't do that. And so – I love the pool. I love to to go to the swimming pool. I love to go to the beach. I love to get in the water up to here because I want to know that my feet will touch the ground. I don't need to see my feet. I just need to know that there's this much water and there's my foot. It's on the ground. So there's not many great boogie boarding waves at that depth. So I just stand there and I hold the boogie board and I cheer for everybody who's man enough to go out there because I can't do it, because I have this irrational fear of water. Now, I don't know why I never learned to swim, but at this point in my life, it's too much of an intellectual exercise for me. I can't just let it happen. Well-meaning people in the swimming pool with me, at the ocean with me, they're like, oh, just relax and do your arms like this. And I'm like, I'm in water over my head. I can't relax. Are you kidding me? So my body is all tense and I, can't, I just can't relax and just let it happen. So I'll probably never learn how to swim. And that's okay. There's another in the water holding back the seas. This is a reference to Exodus chapter 14 when the nation of Israel had been freed from captivity in Egypt and no sooner had they left town than Pharaoh decided he changed his mind. He was like, what have I done? All of our built-in servants, I just let walk, and they're all gone. What are we going to do now? So he called his generals together, and they rounded up 600 of the best chariots that they had, and they went after them, because they were going to bring them back. So they were in the wilderness already, and they came to a place where their backs were against the Red Sea, and they had no place to go because the army was on its way. Then all the experts began to speak, right? We get in these situations where we get to a certain point, and then all the experts will be You ever been around a group of people like that? I haven't. No, 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 no. Exodus chapter 14, beginning in verse 11. Here were the experts speaking. And they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here in the wilderness to, to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. Now, all this stuff that you see on the screen here, all this stuff that's being said, it's not one person saying all this to Moses. Everybody is saying this all at one time. So if you've got multiple children in your house and they've all been talking at one time, or if you've been in a classroom situation and you've got students that are all talking, this is what was happening. And it was loud, and it was confusing, and they were angry. And Moses was probably sweating, like, I don't know what to do here. But in verse 13, Moses told the people, don't, probably held up his hand and was like, stop. Just listen for a minute. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. We heard this last week, right? The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Now, there was a pillar of cloud, some kind of thing that was holding the enemy back from advancing against. So Moses went up to the Red Sea. He lifted his staff. He held out his hands. The sea parted. Dry ground. They marched across. Right? You know that part of the story. And if you watched the Ten Commandments, movie The Ten Commandments, The cloud, once they get across, the cloud disappears and the chariots all advance on the dry ground at that point into the middle of the Red Sea. And then God, the one who's been holding back the water, all of a sudden decides, oh, you've had enough time. So he took his hands down and now the water's not being held back anymore. And just as Moses had said, these Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. They were all drowned in that Red Sea the people of Israel continued on their journey it was over and they had won without even a fight just like in 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 last week when we looked at the battle of Jehoshaphat all they did was put some singers out there give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever In John chapter 4, Jesus encountered a Samaritan woman at the well. And uh, most of you know that Jews and uh, Samaritans didn't uh, mix very well. They didn't didn't like each other very much. So Jesus was talking to this woman, and in chapter 4, verse 10, uh, well, let me, before that, uh, he asked her for a drink. He asked the woman to get him a drink. And she said, Why? Why are you asking? You're a Jew. Why are you asking me to get you? Why are you even talking to me? So he, uh, so she got him a drink, and um, after she asked that question, why would you associate with me? In, in John chapter four, verse ten, Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. And her response was who do you think you are? Do you think you're better than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? And his response in general terms was, you know, uh, you've heard about the Messiah who's going to come? I am the Messiah. I am he. Verse 13 and 14, Jesus said to her, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them and gives them eternal life. And then the two of them had a discussion about worship, about true worship. We Samaritans, we worship on this mountain, and you Jews, you worship in the temple. And Jesus said to her, the hour is coming, and even now is, when the true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. Worship with your heart and your head with your emotion and your intellect, spirit and truth. That's how he wants us to worship him today, with our intellect and with our heart, with our emotions. Those things are built into us, heart and head. Romans 6, 4, if you've been to one of our baptism services out here in the mall area, when we do adult baptisms, now we give T-shirts to people that have a little drop of water on it. It says, I have decided, and then the scripture reference at the bottom is Romans 6, 4, which says, For we have died and were buried by Christ, by, with Christ by baptism. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. The fire refines us and the water cleanses us. All through the Bible, we see stories of God walking through fire and water and difficult times with his people. Not just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, but Daniel in the lion's den. and We just talked about the nation of Israel at the Red Sea. Paul and Silas in prison over and over and over again, even in impossible situations. And these people came to understand that real freedom does not come in being removed from bad situations. Real freedom comes from being connected. Remember, remember the bedtime routine? Real freedom comes in being connected to the only truth that matters. And that is that God's power and His might and His presence changes everything. It changes everything for us. God has always known that we couldn't do this on our own. He always knew that we needed to be rescued from our choices, from our sins, from the darkness that separates us from God. So that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to rescue us. Jesus came to light up the darkness. And Jesus came to deliver us from ourselves and to ensure that nothing stands between us. Part of that song, another in the fire. And nothing stands between us. Several times in that song, there are different lyric leading into the chorus. First one says, and when I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning. Second one says, what remains of me and this reckoning. The third time, all the things unseen and this reckoning. We are not who we were, but we are not yet who we are going to become eventually. But in the light of God's grace, to reference another song we sang, look where I'm standing now. I'm standing in his grace. I'm standing in his love. I'm standing in his forgiveness. I'm standing in his power. Last week we talked about uh, the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 33. Chapter 33. Moses and God were having a discussion about going into the promised land. And uh, Moses said, uh, I know that you've said that you have that your favor is on us and that you're going to lead us to the promised land, but we don't know who's going with us. And God said, Moses, I will personally go with you. And then Moses said something to God that sounds so much more like a plea than it does a defiant attitude. He said, God, If you're not going, don't make us go. They were out of Egypt, but not yet in the promised land. They were in the wilderness. But God, if you're not going, please don't make us go. Because your presence makes all the difference in our lives. And we need that more than anything. The mountains we face, the battles we're up against, God is greater than that. Would you stand with me this morning as we prepare to pray? Some of you this morning, whether you're here in the building or whether you're watching online, you need to tell God, hey, God, I'm thirsty, I need a drink of water. Or, hey, God, my blanket fell off my bed. Or, hey, there's a monster in my closet. The perfect opportunity right here, right now, come and kneel at the front here and pray. There will be some folks at our prayer stations to pray with you if you want to pray with someone else. But understanding that God's presence in our lives makes all the difference. And if we don't have that, if we're not experiencing that at this point in our lives, then we need to be. And we need to invite Him in. God, we just thank You for Your presence. We thank You for Your Holy Spirit. And we thank You, Lord, that You are guiding us and leading us And we thank you, Father, that beyond anything else, that your presence is here to lead us and to guide us. So, Lord, we acknowledge that presence and ask you to come and be with us as we worship you and as we pray and as we give ourselves to you. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We invite you to come as we continue to worship this day.
0: Keeper of the day and the night
4: You that there's no power in heaven or in earth or under the earth that is greater than your power. And we pray, Lord, that as we go from this place today, that your spirit, your presence would go with us, that we might continue to learn how to live a lifestyle of worship outside this building, to give you praise and honor and glory, and so that other people would come to know you and enjoy the presence of the Lord in their lives. We're just going to continue to worship up here for a few minutes. Whenever you need to go, you can go. The front's still open. Folks are still available to pray with you. God bless you if you're online with us. Uh, Our online host will be around for another 15 minutes or so. If you still need prayer, God bless you.